Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to Shouts of Grace Radio, and we are blessed as always that you have taken time out of your day uh, to spend with us. Um, I'm Steve Pearson. I'm the pastor at Redemption Hill Church and uh, the host of of Shouts of Grace, and um, I am super uh, excited for um, Redemption Hill Church, where where we pastor in just a couple weeks. We are going to be moving into our own facility, our own building, and so um, we are we are um, blessed and thankful to the Lord for that, and so we just want to give a shout out to Jesus for answering uh, five years of prayer, as we've been a church now for five years, um, and Shouts of Grace Radio, uh, a ministry of our church, has um, been on the air for almost three years now, and I have had the blessing to be able to share the mic with some godly men, some m- men that are far wiser than I am. Um, and just know God's word and love Jesus and love people. Um, and today is, is no exception with one of those, uh, guys, a, a, f- a friend of mine last week, I said it was a good friend. So this week I'm just going to, he got really puffed up. So I'm just going to say it's a friend of mine, uh, pastor Keith Ratkiet of, uh, <laughs> river community church in in West Jordan or South Jordan now. Uh, we're meeting in South Jordan right now, and our church office is in West Jordan, so we're spanning two cities. Okay, great. And, uh, we're, 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 I think God's expanding our vision as well for, for reaching the greater Salt Lake area. Um, yeah. But you know what? You can, you can say I'm just your friend, but I'm still going to hold on to a super good friend from last week. <laughs> That's uh, nice. We've uh, known each other for almost the five years. Almost. Redemption has been in place. I think it was in February, a month after you guys launched, Yeah, that we yeah. met, and within a couple of months— our family was uh, a part of Redemption Hill and um, yeah. so blessed for that, that the way that God intersected our paths together. Yeah. And for those of you that, that aren't familiar, if you're a first time listener, um, if you're a return listener, you know, you know, Pastor Keith is, um, was on, uh, was on the show and co-hosted the show for probably over a year, I think yeah. in the very beginning. Um, but um, him and his family, as he said, attended Redemption Hill and, and came out and decided to start River and it's been going great and so we're we're blessed to know them um, and so uh, today what I wanted to do Keith is I kind of wanted to kind of take off part two from what we talked about last week mm-hmm. if, um, if if our listeners haven't heard last week's episode you can go on to shoutsofgraceradio.com and catch up on part one but today I kind of wanted it to be a second part um, you know of uh, uh, about our discussion and I want to kind of kick off with. Uh, a verse we kind of expanded on a little bit, but really not a lot last week, and it's in Acts two forty two, and and um, I, I want to talk about that. So let me let me read it, and then let's kind of just push off and, and see what the Lord has for us. Um, it says, and they talking about the disciples devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and awe came upon every soul, and many wonders signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together they had all things in common i want to talk about that a little bit Um, they were selling their possessions and their belongings and distributing the proceeds to all who had need Uh, and day by day they attended the temple together they broke bread together in their homes 
They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their numbers uh, those that should be saved. And when I read this, Keith, if, if I kind of just step back away from parsing out all of the you know expositional things that we could do, I kind of get a setting. I kind of get a feeling yeah. like, like, man, this is how it started. And there just seemed to be this front room, ah, what's going on in your life? God is moving through this, a focus solely on Jesus. Uh, there's there, there's some elements that are there in all their meetings. It just kind of seems like like the church was just, they were friends. And, and, and the part where it says they had all things in common, dear Lord Jesus, we can't say that today. So many Christians have so many yeah. things that are not in common that have right. weaved their way in and divided us in the dumbest things. But here you just have this beauty, simplistic, raw, love Jesus. And it says, not only did awe fall on them, but it says God moved mightily and yes. and added to the church. And you didn't get, you don't get the sense that the church was looking to find what the world is using to, to get people. And maybe we can mimic it or put it together or package it. They just met and God moved. And so right. it's different today, isn't it? It really is because they weren't focused on church growth. They were focused on people growth and, and growing people to be all that God has made for us to be and made possible for us to be through Christ's redemptive work on the cross and through the resurrection. I, 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 there's the words used twice in this passage that you read together. Um, common is another word. Uh, you know, these, this is the, these are expressions of the, the unity that they had and they discovered. And it's not that they were without their differences. Of course they had different views. They're human. We do too but they rallied around Jesus. They rallied around what he said. And, and the apostles doctrine was those apostles, those apostles um, commissioned by Jesus to, to go into all the world and preach the gospel and teach them all that Jesus commanded. And that's, so they did that. They just began to teach all that Jesus commanded and the people that became their doctrine, that became their teaching, that became their faith foundation was the words of Christ and not just the words of Christ, but I believe the words of Christ now bringing greater depth and clarity to what we call the old Testament, right? The scriptures that they had up to that point. Now, um, you know, the, the new chapter of the Bible is being written, you know, in the new Testament, we have to work for that um, more than we've ever had to before. I believe because of all the factors working against that, that, togetherness. You know, the, the front porch has been replaced in architectural design for houses these days with the fenced in backyard, right. And with the family room downstairs and with the man cave and, you know, all of these things that are now, they, they now remove us from fellowship with our neighbors, from, from interacting with our neighbors. You can pull up to the house, push the button to open the garage, park your car in the garage, close the door, walk in your house and never have to wave at your neighbor anymore. You know, um, when I grew up, uh, one, one summer in my high school years, I was able to, to live in uh, northwest Illinois where my grandparents have a farm. And my grandpa would get in the truck and every vehicle and tractor and person on a horse that, that came by, he would, he would wave his hand up. And everybody waved back. And then I spent some time living in the mid-Atlantic area, North Carolina, South Carolina. And like, even if a person hated your guts, if you waved at them, 
they were obligated to wave back, right? <laughs> it was it was an acknowledgement that two human beings were crossing each other, you know, and, and it's kind of a way to say, I, I, I'm a friend, you know, I, I'm not necessarily going to be your best buddy. Maybe this isn't the beginning of a long life, a lifelong relationship, but it was, it's just a way, it's a disarming, you know, friendly gesture to say, hi, I acknowledge you. I see you're there. And we've lost that because we don't have to, we don't have to interact with people anymore because of what technology and our times provide us. And so we, I believe are working against a lot more factors, but we are still as human as they were in the first church, we're really working against our own ego, our own self, our own flesh. And that's what Jesus came to redeem. That's what Jesus came to go from lovers of self to lovers of God and lovers of people. And, and, and that's, that's where I think pastors and, and, and I say parents too, because I, you know, mom and dad, you have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to disciple our children more than the church does. And, and maybe that's, that's another factor here. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of parents um, throughout this pandemic period of being home with their kids and their kids, you know, moving to virtual school, becoming more familiar and aware of, of what their kids are being taught and starting to take ownership of their children's belief system and of their children's upbringing. Uh, parents who I would have never imagined would, would start homeschooling their kids. Not that it's the, the only answer to it, but the point is, is that they've, they decided to become involved with their children's upbringing and their children's discipleship. Pastors, we got to take ownership in the same way of the churches, that the flock of God that has been entrusted to us. It, it's time to take ownership. Like we can't default to, to the online streaming Bible study service. You know, yeah. hey, we use one for our church and it's a blessing, but that's not discipleship. Right. Yeah. That, that's that's, again, the information that we talked about in a previous conversation. You, you, you you'd mentioned something. I want to I want to jump in here for a second because that, it's very intriguing. You know, you talked about just how the, the non-personal aspects of mm. culture are just so apparent now. You know, I mean, I had an app on my phone the other day. I ordered a pizza. Um, it sent me a text. Your, your pizza's ready. I went in. It was in a it was in a it was in a hot box. I punched in a code. I took it. And, and I walked out, I never said one word to one person. I didn't have to interact with anybody and, and I got my food, you know, and, and, and that's far different than it was, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And, 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 you know, one of the things the Bible says, Keith, it says that in the last days, um, Jesus actually says it's because of iniquity abounding, the love of many is going to grow cold. And so I see one of the end time scenarios is just this lack of general love and compassion Yes, in part because of sin, but I, I think what adds to that, what makes that easier is the fact that once we have a lost a natural compassion for people, it carries over into so many other areas of our life. I mean, we've just eclipsed 64 million abortions in our country since the 1970s, right? Yeah. And and I can't think of a greater example of a lack of compassion and a lack of love towards the human race, but now it's growing exponentially because we're in this time where we just don't interact with each other. Here's the thing. If I interact with somebody, I see them as a human and I start to have a compassion for them and, and, and my heart starts to develop around perhaps like you said, a friendship, but the less contact I have with people, then it, the opposite takes place. Now here's the detriment, Keith. It's now in the church. Yes. It's now in the church where we don't view church as, or going to church as something that's, that's really necessary for growth and faith. That's a, that's a pendulum swing 
And it's a trap because in the end, Keith, what it does is it separates us from the people we're to be one, as this scripture says, and together with and have all things in common. If I don't want to get together with people, you know, and and the weird thing is, and I know you've had this and I I want to hear your take on this. The weird thing is is there's a lot of people that come to church and they feel hurt and they say, well, there's clicks and they don't. And, and so it's, and it becomes an excuse to not get involved when the reality is they've never been trained to engage and to be a part of a local church, which you might be thinking of as a click. They're just enjoying fellowship and it becomes right. this excuse to not get involved. And so there, there's a lot here. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, Keith, I, I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. You're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. I'm in uh, studio today via via video with a good friend of mine, Pastor Keith Radke from River Community Church. And Keith, right before the break, I just kind of threw something out to you about how this major disconnect um, with people in the church and not even, they don't even have a, an understanding of what uh, church philosophy is in regard to fellowship um, because it's not there. A, a right. part of that is, is our love's growing cold. Talk more about that. Well, fellowship comes from the Greek word koinonia which means communion. And it, it speaks of the type of communion that two people can have together, you know, um, in a marriage relationship, in a family relationship, or just a, a, a close friendship where your life is intertwined. Like you take, just take your two hands and, and interlace your fingers together and, and, and get a grip. That's communion. That's an intertwining of our lives together. Um, uh, the writer of Ecclesiastes says that a threefold cord is not easily broken, right? That intertwining of people together. That is, that has been lost in so many ways because of what's happened in the last couple of years. And I think that what's happened in the last couple of years brought to the surface that which may have been weakening and dying all along with all of the the, the conveniences and comforts of our time. And so, like you said earlier, Steve, like we can order a pizza and never have to interact with a human being, but a human made my pizza, you know what I mean? And what kind of a life do they have? What kind of, uh, you know, hopes and dreams and hurts do they have? And, and, and these are the kind of things that we're losing. And it, we can't, we can't go out and point our finger at the world and say, Hey guys, be more friendly and be more compassionate and be more, you know, kind to one another when in the church like we're, we're just not showing up, you know, we're not, we're not there for people, you know, church benevolence ministries, you know, the, trying to help the poor and that kind of stuff, you know, how often is the only resource that we can offer is for them to call public services of some sort, right? Like the, there's, the, there's been a major shift in, in the last century, probably too, where, you know, churches and church organizations used to run the, the, the school, uh, private schools and hospitals and those things. And we've abdicated all of that. And so, Within the church community, within the, the the community of faith, we need to work for, and we need to. I think we need to fight for that fellowship again, that communion, that intertwining of our lives. Which means we have to be willing to give up some of our own, you know, independence in a way, our own yeah. comfort and convenience. We have to be willing to get messy with other people. Yeah, I'm. 
you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, in Jeremiah chapter 32, God, God describes why the nation of Israel falls, right? Why it's going into captivity, why it experiences a judgment. He blames three people. It's the third one that I want to look at. The first is he blames, as he says, your uh, kings and your officials. So he blames their politicians. You instituted things nationally that damned the people, that judged the people. Then he says, right. your priests and your prophets. You, you guys didn't stop it. You guys just accepted it. But then the people aren't off the hook because he says, but the right. people as well. And, and, you know, when we talk about church and we talk about it taking a different road and becoming what it is where people can take it or leave it, you know, the people have a lot to do with that. Keith, yeah. it's like they've developed, and I'm not quite sure how, I mean, I know a portion of why, but they've developed a hunger for things that are other than the word of God. And they go yeah. shopping and put this immense pressure upon the leaders of the church to adapt the church, to feed the fleshly nature of people yes. that don't want to actually bow before the throne of God and have God rule their life. And so what you have is this twofold thing that's happening where the people are demanding, and rather than the, the church leaders saying, this is what church is, the people are a part of changing the culture of the church to where now they can't even sit through, I mean, there, there's they, they can't even sit through a one-hour study, a 45-minute study without getting antsy because they got to go to their next thing, right? It's like, right. so so how, how do we change that? This seems like we're kind of at a point of no return where now the church is the entertainment, the show. What kind of lights do you have? What kind of, you know, do you have a funny speaker? I mean, we're, we're watching the yeah. implosion of the lives of popular leaders that are crushing the faith of people that have chosen to follow them because they had swag. They wore the right jeans or they had the right tats and they had these cool glasses and they got a gathering together but I'm looking at the throne of God and these angels saying, holy, holy, holy. And what mm -hmm. is important somehow isn't the first thing anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, our, our modern um, context of a more of a democratic form of government and culture where the people have a voice and responsibility has, has pervaded the church the wrong way. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're aware the same, the same way as a restaurant thrives or falls based on the people who come in the door. A, a church does too. I mean, people vote with their feet when it comes to where they want to go to church. The reason that we're voting for a, a, a particular style is because of Paul's warning that you started off this series with. And that is that we ha we are becoming more self-centered in what we're looking for and it, it, it does not, you know, the church does not escape that, that drive. So, you know, we, we move into neighborhoods, we choose schools, we move into, you know, we shop in certain stores, all of these different things, because we're, we're catering to our preferences and we're catering to our comforts. Um, you know, and in some ways we're catering to our wallet. You know, there's a lot of people who, you know, a lot of churches who literally have had to close and stop existing because people stopped giving, you know, because it was no longer you know, a personal commitment on, on the individual's part to give to further the kingdom of God through the local church. It was like, well, it's just cost too much. Or, you know, I don't, I don't really like the way they do that. Or, you know, they don't offer this or they do too much of that. And, you know, so, you know, we vote with, with our money in that way. You know, what's happened is, is we're not, we're not rooted in Christ anymore. We're not holding on to the faith. We're not seeing the, the our relationship as individuals with the body of Christ the same way that the scriptures present it to us. 
And so this multiplication, uh, this multiplication that we saw in the book of Acts was because people, their lives are radically transformed by Jesus Christ. They believed in him for who he was. And that's what we need to inspire our people towards. We need to preach. We need to even be willing, like it says at the end of, um, uh, let's see, what does he says here? At Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, Paul's writing to Timothy. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, right? Get back to proclaiming the truth of God's word. Mm. And, and this is what it looks like. Re- reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. Mm. For the time is coming when people not endure sound teaching or sound doctrine anymore. And so how do we get back to that is is God give us a boldness, that boldness that Jesus promised in Acts chapter one, wait for me, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will have boldness to be my witnesses, yeah. to be my, my representatives and to proclaim to the world and to each other, the greatness of God. Yeah. You know, something that really stands out to me in this is I, I know I look out at the church today and they're, they, they strategize and, and looking for ways to find its way into the world, to get mm-hmm. these people into church and to just, and that becomes, you know, like you had mentioned in our last episode, that becomes the kind of the growth strategy. What can we do to get them in? Because if right. we can just get them in, and here's what I love about this. They were raw in the beginning. They just devoted themselves to these basic things. They met, and here's what it says, interestingly enough, in verse 47, they praised God and had favor with all the people. They had favor with the people around, and as a result, people were being added to the church. They didn't have these, what can we do to get, they just loved God. They just did these basic things, and they had the favor that the church today is willing to compromise in order to gain from the world. Keith, in the last minute and a half that we have left, talk about the importance of the church not worrying about stepping out and changing its clothes to look like the world, to gain the world. Just love the Lord, and God will take care of the rest. Yeah, yeah yesterday at River Community Church, I taught on the upside-down life from Luke 6, where Jesus begins you know, Luke's re- uh, record of the, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, and talks about blessings and sorrows in in it's a, a flipped narrative, right? But then he says love and he, he breaks it down on, on what it looks like to love our enemies and to pray for them, uh, pray for those who hurt us and all that. And I asked this question and, and we, we sent people out, ask, we, we verbalize it out loud together. That was the last thing we said together before we dismissed our time. What if we did what Jesus said without making excuses or changing what he said to make it easier? And I think that that is what we need to do is we need to stop making excuses. Jesus told us what it looks like to follow him. He said it wasn't going to be easy. He said that we would be mocked. We would be persecuted. We would be rejected. And that is something that is, is not preached as much anymore. Sure. Instead, we're trying to figure out how to be liked and how to be uh, popular and how to have a seat on the chamber of commerce and, you know, be a part of the local community, this or that. Is there a place for that? Yes. Does God give favor in that? I believe he does, but that cannot be our motivation is to be accepted by the world. Our motivation has to be to obey Christ, to trust that what he said is good and right and true. And if we live our lives by faith, rooted, established, and built up in him, then we will make the difference that we want to make. It just won't look like, you know, the the popular thing. So what if we did? 
Amen. what Jesus said without making excuses or changing what he said to make it easier. Amen. I believe that that's what sets us apart. Hey, we're out of uh, time for this episode of Shouts of Grace. Keith, thanks for joining me these last couple of weeks, brother. God bless you, man. Thank you, Steve. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shout!